What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy whatever day it is, friends. It is the fourth day of the playoffs, and that's all that matters. It's Thursday, by the way. I know. I'm I'm guessing that like maybe a half a percent of you actually tune into this podcast and think, well, hopefully Dan will tell me what day of the week it is at the start of this thing because Lord knows I don't know. And honestly, I wouldn't know either if at the beginning of every podcast I didn't move my mouse cursor over the time and date in the bottom corner of my computer screen and uh, hover it, you know, hovering over 820... 2020 and then it says it's thursday okay thanks computer because i don't have this unlocked by any stretch welcome to the show i am dan bespris this is fantasy nba today a hoop ball presentation at dan bespris on twitter d-a-n-b-e-s-b-r-i-s you guys know the drill hey take a moment today if you do have a moment today to please drop a five-star review on the podcast if you haven't already i know that we're not exactly in a high traffic time of year on a full season fantasy basketball podcast, but if there's any one of you out there that hasn't taken the 60 seconds to drop a five-star review on the show, I would beg of you to please do so today. It's extraordinarily helpful for us as we move towards the, uh, the next warm season, whenever the heck that turns out to be. Because uh, right now we're hitting the cold season. <laughs> this is the cold season. We have officially hit the point where almost nothing I say has anything to do with full season fantasy sports, which is why most of you guys are listening to this podcast. But I'm here to show you that I have interesting things to say about betting and just basketball in general. And certainly we'll have some fun guests on as the uh, the show uh, putters along here uh, to talk about fantasy sports and other things as well. News this morning is few and far between. Um, uh, I don't think there's anything, actually. Uh, looks like everybody's basically good to go. Victor Oladipo is good to go. Aaron Gordon is questionable. Nothing's changed, as far as I can tell. I mean, I was looking through it before hitting record on this thing, and then I saw a tweet flash by. I thought, oh, that's new, and then I realized it was an old one. So, uh, no, I don't think I don't think anything new is happening at this point. Mm-mm-mm. Just making sure. Yeah, we got nothing. So let's just dive right on in. First thing we've been doing on these podcasts is taking a look at the upcoming slate, meaning today. Uh, we actually, games start even earlier today, which is a real pisser, because here I am like, I think I can get this done in plenty of time to get it up by 1030, and the first game starts at 10. Pacific today, which normally I'd be like, sweet, but I also want to uh, talk about betting stuff. So on the chance that this is up, you know, a minute or two before tip, because it'll probably tip more like 
12 after the hour. Miami is laying four points at Indiana. I really liked Indy in that first game. I thought that they were going to come out with the energy. They did. And then Oladipo went down, and they just, at that point, they were scratching to try to stay with Miami the rest of the way. I'm a little worried that that's how the whole series is going to go. But if anything, I would chase a bad bet with another one at this point because I, I feel like Indy knows that they can compete with one extra guy out there, whether it's Sabonis or Oladipo, and it's going to be Oladipo because Sabonis, we've sounds like he's just not playing at this point. They have they have a chance. Now, Sabonis would have made a huge difference to have him uh, banging without a bio on the interior. Miles Turner just doesn't quite play that same way. But at the same time, what I mentioned on the other podcast and what I, I, I mentioned on Twitter, and I'll say it again here, Oladipo's defense is going to be one of the biggest factors in him being on the floor. I know timing-wise, he's not going to be great, and he's not going to be an offensive juggernaut probably at any point this series or year or whatever you want to talk about. But Oladipo has... I mean, all you have to do is look at his fantasy stats to know what he's been capable of. Oladipo has some of the best defensive ability, I would argue, in the NBA. Wildly unheralded on that side of the ball. And not just because of his fantasy stuff. He's just really, really good defensively. He's fast. He's so fast. Think back a few years. He had a 2.4 steals per game season his first year in Indiana he played 75 games that year averaged 3.2 combined defensive stats last year prior to injury he was down to just two which I think tells us he was probably playing a little bit hurt but this is a guy who in normal starters minutes is up around 1.7 to two steals per game 36 minutes a game he's going to get you close to two steals a game and so I mean this is a guy that creates he creates fast breaks that way and in a playoff series, he's going to be locked in. I don't know. Did they put him on Jimmy Butler? Might be a little bit small in weight. But no one is getting away from this dude. He's going to be stripping guys left and right. So I actually have a slight lean to Indiana in this ballgame. Uh, total is 217 and a half. The last one ended at 214. And they actually bumped the number up for this ballgame. I don't think that's just because of Oladipo. I think what you're seeing there is... Uh, an expectation that maybe things open up a tiny bit. Although both teams actually shot the ball relatively well in that first game. The pace was just really slow compared to a lot of the other games going on. That game just had no pace at all. And so, you know, either either the expectation is that the pace is going to pick up in this game or people just love betting the over. It's not entirely clear. I would lean to the under, although I can't in good faith do it because I find something weird about the adjustment made to that number. I like Indiana, uh, and I like the under. Houston's just a two-point favorite over Oklahoma City in Game 2 of their series. Total of 226.5. Anybody that remembers two days ago remembers Houston beat the daylights out of them. They won by 15. Total was 225 in that game, and it went over at 231. So they've adjusted the total up by a point and a half, which makes a lot of sense. They've adjusted the side in Houston's favor by about a point. I think the expectation here is that Houston levels off. Such is the note. It's very hard to bet a Rockets team before the game begins because you just, you got to kind of need to know if they're going to have one of those games where they shoot 50% or one of those games where they shoot 40%. They hit 23 pointers in that game on Tuesday. They shot 48% from the field. Harden didn't even take that many free throws. Thunder, Thunder actually did a pretty good job of guarding him without fouling, but he made all of his shots. I don't know if he can be that good every time. I mean, obviously, James Harden is going to be extraordinary, but 
55% from the field, 37 points on 22 shots. Usually it takes him a little longer to get to that mark. So I would have a slight lean to the Oklahoma City side, uh, evening this series up. I think there's, you know, you look at power rankings and stuff like that. People are figuring wisely, I think. You look at this and you're like, look, they got, they had a bad first game. Schroeder was bad. Shea was bad. Chris Paul was good. Gallo was good. But, you know, they're going to need one more of those guys. And for the Rockets, how good is Jeff Green really going to be in another ball game? I think there's there's a, re- a reversion in this game that's being predicted, where Houston comes back to earth, Oklahoma City plays better. Uh, I would consider playing Oklahoma City on the money line. You're not going to get a great, you're not going to get great odds there, uh, plus one fifteen, plus one twenty, something like that. But to me, uh, they hang in there in this one. I think Houston scores less, OKC scores more. They sort of meet in the middle. Orlando, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's favored by 13 again, so oddsmakers were not deterred by the brutal loss they suffered on Tuesday. Horrific performance by the Bucks in that game. They were just, they just got eaten for the entire ball game by the Magic, and you can bet they're coming out pissed. I want nothing to do with this pregame line. Uh, the total of that one was 232. What you saw in that first game was an Orlando team that shot almost 50%, almost 50% from the field. Made 18 out of their 19 free throws. The Bucks couldn't hit the free throw to save their lives. They shot 43%. So the best, one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses had, for one game, one of the worst defenses and one of the worst offenses. This will, this will settle. It will settle. I couldn't possibly lay 13 points, but they are going to be driving angry as hell in this ballgame. And I wouldn't be surprised if they held Orlando to about 100 points. So slightly into the under, if anything, but large, nothing, really. Let, let Wipe this one out. In-game wagering. And then Portland and LA Lakers favored by 6.5. Pretty much the same line we had in the first one. There is, again, just an expectation that the Lakers are going to eventually hit wide-open shots. Will they? I have no idea. But they just shot 35% against a team that had played some of the worst defense of anyone in the bubble. Portland's not guarding, people. Like, don't get it twisted. They, I mean, they play better defense in this game than they did against some of their bubble games. But don't get it twisted, man. Lakers just bricking things from all over the floor. Just brick after brick after brick. I am floored, by the way. Floored that Frank Vogel didn't try something. Anyone who might be able to hit a shot from outside. I get it. You want Caruso on the floor because defensively, he's been a big uh, piece of the puzzle there. 29 minutes out of a KCP who wasn't very good defensively and went 0 for 9. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but one minute for Dion Waiters, that dude at least feels confident. You need someone with confidence out there. Try Quinn Cook. Try Jared Dudley. I don't give a crap. Try anything at all. But don't just run the guy out there who's cold as ice and has no confidence. Well, now it's too late. Now you got. Now you're into the next ball game. Uh, Lakers should have won game one by probably 10 points if they make any of their open shots. So do they do this one? I mean, Portland will probably shoot the ball better in this game too. I think Portland actually could win this ball game. I know there's this feeling that like, oh, Lakers will just bounce back because they're mad. This team has looked bad in the bubble. They can't make anything. If they're shooting from outside about three feet, it's not going in right now. It's just not. I don't think they even think it's going in. Total is 228.5, which is way down from the 234 total of the opener because that game ended at a buck 93. Uh, 
I don't like you can try to do the math and say, what if the Lakers shot their season mark of 48% instead of 35? What if the Blazers shot 46 instead of 39? All those things are great, except, you know, this probably isn't going to be a series where teams get to their season field goal percent mark. Lakers should have made at least another five three pointers in this ballgame, at least considering how wide open they were. And that would have been 15 more points. And that still would have been way under the total. So, yeah, I mean, 228 and a half, they could very easily get there if teams start to make some buckets and they just start trading shots. But I don't know that that's a given because we really haven't seen the Lakers shoot the ball at all since they got to Orlando. There's something something wrong with the way this team is playing right now. And I don't know if it's their practice schedule or or what, because they were good on the road in the regular season. It's not like you can say they're missing home court. Lakers are the best road team in the NBA. So neutral site should be just as should be the same, but can't make a bucket. If you can't make a bucket, you're not winning. So I would actually lean to Portland. I think this is going to be another good ball game. Lakers might win, but boy, laying six and a half when you can't make a bucket. As a Laker fan, I'd almost be happy to have them prove me wrong on this lean that they come out and they just knock down three pointers and they shoot 36, 37 percent from downtown and they win by 15. Uh, but I don't see it. Every game you look at them, you're like, well, it's got to revert to the mean at some point, right? They've got to start hitting their season mark of 30, whatever it was, 35%. Not a good mark, but heaven, a lot better than 5 for 32. I think we can all agree on that. Even double wouldn't get them to their season mark. They, they were so brutal from downtown. It was, it was really hellacious. So that's what you got coming up today. I, I'm, you know, I, the the early games are the ones I probably feel more strongly about in terms of what wagers I'm going to get down on. Um, it's boy, it's it's hard to bet on Indy when you don't know what sort of uh, what kind of game you're actually going to get out of an Oladipo. I know he's playing, and I know that defense makes a big deal, but uh, I think Oklahoma City's probably my my favorite play of the day. OKC, and then. You know, maybe the under in that series or that that particular ball game. Miami, Indiana, I don't know if I can. What, what can I even do? This podcast is going to be posted two minutes before the game starts. There's no there's no point in me giving out a play on that one. So I would say just watch it and have a little fun with it. I'm sure those teams will go on a couple of 10-0 runs and you can get in and maybe get a middle. You could probably take Indy right now if, if you think they're unless you think they're uh, going down early in this game. Take him and get four, and then if Indy goes on a little 10-0 spurt, get Miami at you know even odds or something like that. Play for a tight game, see if you can win them both. I'll probably do something like that. Have a little fun on the early game. Why the hell not? And of course, all of these things that we talk about, all the lines we're quoting, all of the in-game stuff we're talking about, the prop bets, the series prices, this is all available with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a deposit match bonus and a baseball futures ticket that you can use when you open up and make your first deposit. So open up an account at mybookie.ag. Make that first deposit. Use It's the third page of the sign-up. I went through it myself, so I knew exactly what I could tell people to do. You sign up. Uh, there's a page where you make your, your login info. Then there's a page you enter your uh, contact information. And then the third page of the, lo- of the sign-up is where you enter the promo code. So uh, tell them you heard about us on Fantasy NBA Today. Use the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, all caps if you feel like doing it the way they have it listed in their promo script. 
Uh, that'll unlock the bonus, and it'll also make us look very good for bringing folks along, except they're going to get pissed when we start giving out uh, a ton of winners, and they got to pay us out. <laughs> That's actually not how it works, guys. For those of you that are neophytes on the betting side, these sites generally don't care if you win or lose as long as they split the tickets, and then they keep the VIG on every available bet. The VIG. Everybody forgets about the VIG. That's where these, that's where these books are doing their damage. Their damage. Yesterday's results. Let's talk a little about what's going on in the association. Toronto in a tight one, able to pull away from Brooklyn at the very end of the ball game. They won it by five. I'm very annoyed with myself that I didn't take Brooklyn and the under in that game. Everything about that game smelled of Brooklyn competing after getting blown out and an under after Toronto made 97% of their 33 free throws in game one. Those things were all going to level off. The teams shot worse. They hit free throws at a worse clip, and it didn't come close to the total of 225. That was an opportunity missed. I wimped out. Utah beat the daylights out of Denver, and, you know, I thought they had a decent chance to win this ballgame, but I did not see this one coming. Not a blowout. I mean, this was, they got run. Donovan Mitchell was very good, if super efficient, 30 points on 14 shots. Look, I listen. I've said a lot of dumb stuff on this podcast since the bubble started because you're trying to make these weird in-the-moment predictions based on not a ton of data. But one of the things I said that was smart was this Denver team is a paper tiger right now because they're not guarding anyone. Will Barton left the bubble to rehab his knee, so presumably he's just out for the playoffs at this point. We still don't know what the hell's going on with Gary Harris. Everybody ready to anoint Michael Porter Jr. as the, the next superstar of the NBA. He did have a good ball game. But simple fact is, they're not as good without Gary Harris and Will Barton. Those are two of the guys that get everyone around them to play some defense. And Denver's not guarding anyone. They're not guarding anyone. So if their offense, which is, mind you, very good, but if it abandons them even for a moment like it did in this ball game, they got whipped. And the other thing I said that was kind of smart was that Utah might be better without Mike Conley. And that's not a knock on Conley. It's a knock on Utah's use of the point guard position. And it's a knock on the passive nature of Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles felt needed in these two ball games, and he's been really good. For long stretches this year, he didn't really feel needed. He sort of iced himself out of the offense, and then with Conley doing stuff, they need Ingles to be locked in. He drives people crazy on the defensive side. He's a great three-point shooter, and he's been really good in this series so far. So, again, I didn't expect Utah to blow out Denver by 19, but one thing that that I thought was really nice about this is you came into the second game, and the one question hanging over this game was, did Utah throw their best punch in the first game and then lost in overtime anyway? Because, listen, Donovan Mitchell scoring almost 60 points, that's, that's a pretty damn good punch. Or did Utah look at that game and say, hey, we can beat this team. We can compete. You know, Donovan, you had a great ball game, but everybody else kind of stunk in game one. Let's just get this thing going. Let's, you know, let's assume that Denver's not going to hit all the same amazing shots they did in the opener. They stuck guys like glue to Jamal Murray, and he never really got going. Didn't have an opportunity to have a big fourth quarter. And Denver, uh, they just they couldn't get off the ground, especially in the second half. Rudy Gobert was solid. 
you know, he did what he had to do. Jokic was still good. There's really no stopping that dude on offense. Jordan Clarkson was very good in his gunner roll off the bench. Took 18 damn shots in this game. But look, they're going in. Screw it. Royce O'Neal's been excellent. Uh, unfortunately, his job is is toast when Boyan Bogdanovich comes back next year. But he's been really he's shown that he can actually be a fantasy asset as a starter. Uh, and then Donovan Mitchell again. So kudos to Utah. I mean, you might see this series bounce back and forth. Mike Conley expected back for game three. I think that actually slows Utah down a tiny bit because he'll probably insert himself and assert himself. And then Ingles goes back to being sort of sideshow Joe, which is not as good for Utah. They need him more a focal point. So I might look at Denver in game three just because of that kind of subtraction by addition thing. Boston ran Philadelphia. Philly actually got off to a quick start in this game. They led by like seven, I think, in the first quarter, and then just the rest of the way it was a beatdown. Joel Embiid got no help, none of any kind. Tobias Harris, ice cold. Al Horford, three shots in 23 minutes. I don't know what the hell Philly's doing out there right now, but this is a terrible matchup for them um, without Ben Simmons. And it was probably going to be kind of a bad matchup even with Ben Simmons because Philly built themselves to compete with the Bucs, but they're not, going to have to, they're not going to get to the Bucs. I thought Philly would play better in this game. I really did. I thought that they would... I thought game one showed them that they could hang, and then they were just... This is just ugly, man. They gave up. That said, a team that loses by 27 in the playoffs usually bounces back. So I would look at Philly in their next ballgame. Uh, I don't know Boston shooting 51% again in the next one. Everybody was good on the Boston side. Literally everyone that is a part of their offense. Jason Tatum was brilliant. Kemba had 22. Jalen Brown had 20. Even the bench was good. Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, Marcus Smart got the start. Told you that I didn't, like, I, I wasn't worried about the lack of Gordon Hayward in this game. Uh, Daniel Tice just had no chance against Joel Embiid. If he had to play Joel Embiid every day, Daniel Tice would not be my favorite fantasy player in the NBA. But luckily, during the regular season, he doesn't. Uh, I would look at Philly in the next ballgame. They, they have to compete. They have to show some kind of heart because they know if they don't, Brett Brown is getting fired. He might get fired before this series is over if they lose by a bunch in game three. I mean, I know that's not going to happen. And then the late scratch of Patrick Beverly changing my feelings on this Clippers-Mavs game. I know that it's sort of a, a dumb thing, but as Bev goes, so go the Clippers. They're now a 500 team when Pat Beverly sits out. I think he's missed 22 games this year, and they're 11-11, and 11, if I'm getting that stat right. They're just, they're not an elite team without their dog out there. And Pat Beverly, man, he is that engine. He's the guy that gets them guarding people, that wakes them up every day. This is a team that coasts a little without that guy on the floor. But you're in the playoffs now. You can't rely on a home court to wake you up. You can't coast. Kawhi Leonard had a great offensive game. Lou Williams had a great offensive game, but they didn't guard Dallas at all. Mavs shot 50%. With Luka in foul trouble. This is without peak Luka. But they just they didn't really guard anybody. But for Tim Hardaway Jr. had not a great shooting night. But Trey Burke had 16 and 18 minutes off the bench. Boban had 13 and 9. Porzingis 23 and 7, which was, you know, solid but not great. Luka 28, 8 and 7. Seth Curry had 15 on 9 shots. Mavs spaced the floor, hit 13 threes, and beat up on a Clippers team that just was ill-prepared. By the way, a billion free throws in this game. 29 fouls on both teams. The officials got to start taking it easy, man. 
total on this game was 231 and a half. It went over by 10, and a lot of that was free throws. And I know the teams didn't make all of them, but I think there's going to be an adjustment in the way this game is officiated. I would look at the under in the next game between the Clippers and the Mavs. With or without Pat Beverly. Without Pat Beverly, though, I don't know how I, I can't get as bullish on the Clippers winning every series or game. I love them with him in the lineup. He's, he's, their, he's their motor. You lose your motor. And uh, your car probably doesn't start. Take a moment, by the way, while you're listening to this podcast to head on over to manscaped.com and get your lawnmower 3.0. Shout out, by the way, to our uh, rep over at Manscaped, who is a huge Clippers fan. What up, Kyle? Kyle, good dude. Um, let's uh, let's make him proud. Let's go get some lawnmowers. Lawnmower 3.0 at manscaped.com. Promo code is HoopBall20 for 20% off and free shipping. You got to use that promo code. You got to use all of our promo codes because... First of all, it makes us look good, makes a podcast look good, but it also gets you stuff. That's the whole point of them. Promo code gets you things. You get access. You can get other things over at Manscaped. I've told you about their amazing laundry list of goodies, uh, the nose trimmer, the actual blades if you want to shave yourself that way. They, of course, have the lawnmower 3.0 with the built-in LED and uh, waterproof technology, 90-minute battery, I mean, if you could, you could shave a family with a 90-minute battery, please don't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, Manscaped.com, they're awesome. Kyle's awesome. Fantastic partnership going on right now. Go check them out. Get the lawnmower 3.0. Tell them Dan sent you by using promo code HOOPBALL20. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have Brew on the pod. Tomorrow, Adam King moved to Monday's show, so uh, get set for that. And I think those are the guests we've got coming up here on the pod. I'm going to keep today's a little bit shorter. This will be a sub 30 minute show because the game starts in two minutes. And I'm going to get the show posted as fast as humanly possible. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow here on Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on Twitter. This is a hoopball presentation. Hoop-ball.com at Hoopball Fantasy. I'm going fast because games are starting in a couple of seconds. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.